if you're not careful, your kids can become the center of your entire world. It's so easy. They're so they're so great. They're so funny. And before you know it, you've just put your entire heart and soul into what they're doing. And then this lady or man that shares a house with you is like, who are you? Hola. Como esta? <laughs> You can tell we're not native Spanish speakers. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> I want to be. <laughs> okay. You ready? You are unilingual. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Marriage Talks, a real, authentic, and relatable podcast about how to thrive in your marriage. I'm Elizabeth Ann. And I'm Michael. And today we are starting a brand new series. Oh, I'm so excited. Called The Seven Silent Killers to Marital Intimacy. Gasp. This yes. is going to be good. I'm super passionate about this. That title, that title is so buzzfeedy. <laughs> it's a good it's one, a, though. It's, it's basically a listicle. <laughs> Did you know that's a term? No. Listicle. Buzzfeed made it popular. Can we not use that? It sounds like an anatomy term, actually. <laughs> it does. Let's not use that. Word. Okay. Listicle has been struck from the record. <laughs> Moving on. I'm very excited about this series. It, it's one of kind of the biggest blog posts that I wrote for the blog. And I'm just, I'm really pumped about it. So I'm glad you finally decided to say, hey, let's do this series yay yeah we're over a dozen episodes in at this point got our holiday series done and just made sense to do another series like this and it's gonna be kind of a it's gonna be the biggest series we've done by far y'all this is gonna be seven parts can you believe it seven lucky number seven yeah it's a it's pretty lengthy blog post oh it's not that long in terms of word count but there's a lot to unpack in this particular article and we didn't want to just blast through. It would have been crazy to try all seven in one episode. Oh, no. And even doing like two episodes with three and four are parts of it. It just didn't make sense. But when we looked at that article again, it was like we could do a full episode on each one of these easily yes. without even breaking a sweat. Yes. There's just a lot of depth to this kind of stuff. There are so many things in 2019 who knows, 2020 when you might be listening to this, so many things that distract. With that said, um, kind of touched on it slightly, but this article, when I originally wrote it, came out of our own experience, so our own marriage. After having two kids, I began to notice that we were drifting apart and um, just conversations became awkward and like kind of hard to have and we weren't being intimate on a regular basis and so it, it kind of happened and then all of a sudden when I realized there was kind of a decent size I would say gap between us I was like okay wait a minute what just happened and so it I then started thinking about okay what are these things that are getting in between Michael and I and I honestly did this as an experiment kind of on my own. I didn't I didn't say anything to Michael. I was like, what is happening between us? What is taking up my attention? What is preventing us from being intimate with each other? 
on many levels. We have um, a, another episode about marital intimacy where we talk about spiritual intimacy, um, emotional intimacy, and physical intimacy, and just the importance of all three of those. And uh, so definitely go check it out. But I just was like, I, I wanted to see what was it exactly, like what were the catalysts that were wedging in between Michael and I? And so it, it began this, like, I say fun, but it, it wasn't like truly fun, but it was, it was super intriguing experiment into our own marriage. And what are the things that we unknowingly, these silent killers that are becoming, that are wedging their way in between Michael and I, they're just killing all intimacy. And what we- Sorry, every time you say wedging, I hear wedgy. <laughs> wedging (laughs) they're just getting in between michael and i and it was just i it really opened my eyes to how quickly and how silently these things can come in between us and now that we have three kids it's like okay now we need to be super aware of what we are bringing into you know our relationship our marriage into our free time or into the bed like all these things and so, um, yeah, it was, it was very, it was a very intriguing experiment that I, without you knowing. Yeah, these these things can be silent, but can really harm things. So in a way, you could say they're silent but deadly. <laughs> <laughs> so I was He's drinking a, wine. I was taking a drink right when he said that joke. <laughs> I timed it that way. They are silent but deadly. <laughs> It can be very deadly. And the first part today that we are going to be addressing is kids. And you might be thinking, how in the world do kids get in between you and your spouse? Well, it's extremely easy. Let us let us share with you the mistakes that we made. Um, and we want to encourage you not to make these same mistakes because they were very harmful for us. And they really um, caused us to drift apart. And so we are that's our intention with this is we're sharing these things so that you learn from our mistakes and you avoid them and, you know, don't pay the consequences that we did by drifting apart. So with kids, you know, of course, we want you to know and disclaimer, yeah, disclaimer, we absolutely adore our children. We love them so much we would do anything for them we are incredibly thankful that the lord blessed us with our three babies i mean we we literally do anything for them and so it's not a matter of of whether or not we love them um so we just want you to know that as the listener and if you know us at all if you're our friends you know how much we are basically obsessed with our kids <laughs> we love them very very much yeah have you seen our instagram feeds <laughs> it's annoying <laughs> Like we do other things, I promise, than just take pictures of our kids and share them. But if you're not careful, your kids can become the center of your entire world. It's so easy. They're so they're so great. They're so funny. And before you know it, you've just put your entire heart and soul into what they're doing. And then this lady or man that shares a house with you is like, who are you? Yeah. What about um, me? Yeah. And we've we've covered a little bit of this before anyway, but if you if you allow the kids' needs to always come first and you don't also stop and think of your spouse too on a regular basis, I'm talking like not just daily, but several times a day, you're going to need to check in and um, just 
just know how they're doing and what they need. Just keep up with them as well. If not, it can be pretty disastrous to the long-term health of your marriage. Absolutely. Like Michael said, if the needs of the kids come first, especially for me, like when the needs of the kids come first, I have a tendency to let them stay first. So I don't think about the needs of Michael or the needs of myself. Like what do I need from Michael? Because it's not just necessarily about what Michael needs. It's about what I need as a wife, as a woman. And so that intimacy, like it's not, I had to really shift my mindset as to what people needed from me, but more of, okay, you know, I do need to take care of the kids. I'm a stay at home mom. I do need to meet their needs because I've got a five-year-old and an almost three-year-old and an eight-month-old. They need things from me every day, several times a day. And so once I've met their needs, I also need to think of what are my needs as a wife and as a woman. And um, it's just, it's so important from, it was, it took me a long time, a long time to rearrange how I thought about that because I thought of, okay, what else does somebody need from me? Like everybody needs something from me. Whereas I also need to think about what do I need? What do I need from Michael? And that was a game changer because I know that I need intimacy from him on different levels. And so I need to make sure that I express those needs to him because the beautiful thing about Um, our marriage and us wanting to be biblical about it is that what I need intimately, I express to him and he also in turn needs those same things. And so it's, it's a nice, um, it's a nice kind of give and take, but it, it almost isn't, I don't, it's kind of hard to explain. It's not also, it's not really like a give and take. I don't know. Is it making any sense? Am I making any sense at all? Am I just kind of rambling on? Uh, you kind of lost me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're not listening to me again. <laughs> but like, you know, like like I sit down with Michael and I say, you know, I just really need a good conversation with you. And it, it may have been like days since we have actually truly connected with each other on like maybe an emotional level and sat down and had a good conversation with each other. So he in turn needed that as well. So that's kind of what I mean by it necessarily isn't like a give and take, like I'll give you the emotional intimacy and then I need the physical intimacy. But we both realize we both need the into the emotional intimacy. And then that will also in turn lead to, you know, physical intimacy and spiritual intimacy where we're just more open with each other. That makes yeah. Sense. And that kind of brings out a good point where as you're talking about this, I'm thinking this must be a lot harder for a stay at home mom. Like just your entire day from sun up to sundown is caring for little ones. Like that's it's just wrapped in so much of who you are and what you do that you kind of become you I think you can become lost in that a little bit because it never stops like when I get home you're still doing that now you have a partner to help you with it but um I could see how that can become like just an ongoing mode that you stay in every day yes and uh, you're just mom 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 and then not also like wife too Right. Not easily. It's like hard to make that switch. Yeah. That was something we had. We actually had a fair number of heated conversations about. I use that term because I don't like to say we were fighting, but yeah, we were fighting about just 
when you have all these little people needing something from you all the time and then I come home and I need hey where's dinner where you know what are we doing for you know blah 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 can you change this diaper and then uh later on in the night like hey baby what's going on you know let's <laughs> let's snuggle up close at nighttime and you're like no, no. that's not happening <laughs> no I'm not going to go there and I'm like but uh what I need you know I have needs <laughs> <laughs> well and it's it and that just goes to show that it's Th- those are deeper conversations, you know, it's it, the, the switch from mom mode to wife mode is not an easy one. And then also, yes, as a husband, you do have needs. And like I said before, my mindset was constantly like, everybody needs something from me. You know, what about me? Like, I just want people to not need things from me. When in turn, it wasn't a matter of, I don't want anybody to need anything from me. It's, it's more of a question of like, what do I need from other people? Like I need, I know that I need that physical intimacy from you and emotional intimacy from you and spiritual intimacy from you. But I just didn't know how to necessarily identify that and then communicate that to you. It was just kind of like, mom mode all the time. Okay. Nobody touch me. (laughs) Nobody need anything from me. I'm not wiping any more bums. That is it. (laughs) I have clocked out for the day. And it was just a very, um, is a very, I think kind of self-destructive way to look at my role within this family unit and just how I related to everybody. And so it's just the, the, the appropriate lens on that really just was a game changer. And, you know, with that said, every phase of, of, um, you know, your children is going to be different. So like newborns, of course, they're going to need everything from you 24 seven. And it's, I, I enjoy the newborn phase a lot because they're, it's really the easiest phase (laughs) in my opinion, even through all the crying and all the sleep deprivation and all that stuff. Like once you get to a child that's a little bit older, like our oldest is five. So we can't speak for like older than that. And like teenagers and, and kind of a young adult child, young adult child. That's well, you know what, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like a man child. <laughs> no, like 17, 18, like 19, like they're still your kid. They will forever be your child, but they're just, they're young adults. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like Charlotte thinks she's 16. <laughs> yeah. She, she definitely uh, will act that way sometimes. She thinks she's the mom, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, you know, so of course we can't speak from experience that way, but you know, it's really an infant will do whatever I need for them to do, you know, like in terms of like, there's, there's no discipline, you know what I mean? Like you're not. They don't have necessarily like, am I making, babies aren't rebellious. (laughs) Am I I making sense? Like that? Yes, of course they'll cry when they're upset and when they're in pain or, you know, needing a diaper change or hungry like the, you know, those are in a sense, like, I don't want to say that they're not easy problems, but of course, when your kids get older and they're, they have like a mind of their own and they might be rebelling. And I could just imagine that those problems, um, those seasons are way more difficult than man i i i would in in that hypothetical situation i would crave for the newborn stage and just i will feed them i'll change their diaper like they just to me they seem so more so much more simplistic this is where we differ quite a bit 
Oh. <laughs> and I've, I've told you this. Um, I think this is with both Henry and Jack, our second and our third, where at some point during one of those late nights, 3 a.m. or something like that, I just said, I don't like this phase at all. <laughs> I don't like it. Now, I will say all the points you just made, I totally understand that. I think you're right. And I, I don't think I thought about it that way. Now that we have rebellious kids, they're not rebellious. Don't get me wrong. Sorry. They just know how to, you know, sometimes you ask them to do something. They'll say no or just kind of ignore and, you know, do a kid thing. But when I'm sleep deprived like that, I it's like a, it's like a fuse breaks in my mind where I just can't, I can't function. So that was a tough time for me, even though we've had great sleeping kids, considering, you know, some people go months without sleeping well, we've done pretty well. But I just, I, when I don't get sleep, I'm no good. So I don't love the, the newborn phase. That's <laughs> well, a, another you're also, story for another you're day. also not the mom. So you're not nursing. You're not doing like that life-giving thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could throw a football with them when they're older. <laughs> so I can understand from a man's perspective how that is maybe not your favorite time. Because it's just harder for you to maybe bond and connect. But yes, so just the newborn the newborn phase, they really do depend on you for every single thing. And when you get to the toddler phase, we have one in the toddler phase. And they still require things from you, but it's going to be a little bit less. They are more independent. And by the end of the day, for me, it just didn't feel like even with newborn and with toddler, it just didn't feel like I had any energy left to put into the marriage. I was just, I was exhausted. Like by the time Michael got home, I was like, tap out. <laughs> I, I need a substitute. I am, I'm dead for the day. I just, I really need, I need to like recoup. And then, of course, moving on to the child phase, our oldest is five. And like Michael said, sometimes she acts like she's 16. <laughs> and she is definitely independent. I mean, she still needs a few things from me, but she's quite independent. But she's also really helpful. She's super helpful. And she's super helpful with our youngest, uh, which is amazing and really, really appreciated. Um Again, though, by the end of the day, I'm, I'm exhausted. I am like, how in the world? I, I have no energy left, no mental capacity left for my marriage. Like, I literally just want to take a 12-hour nap. <laughs> like, that's what I want. And so with all that said, kids are exhausting. And it is extremely easy for them to become the number one. And for it would be so easy for us to create our entire lives and attention and affection around our kids and then just be done. That's the easy way. That is, that's the easy route when it comes to being married with kids, like just stopping there. The hard part with that we have found and it has, and, and we have stopped there for speaking from experience. We have stopped there and, and said, okay, that's, that's the end of our energy. That's the end of our mental capacity. It's with our kids and then it stops. And, and we don't continue past that and put anything into our marriage. The hard part is at the end of the day or throughout the day saying my kids' needs have been met for the next five minutes, 
How can I prioritize my marriage? How can I be intentional about that? And that's the hard part. That's the above and beyond. That is, in my opinion, and I think Michael would agree, like that is what separates the okay marriage from the exceptional, the stellar marriage, the biblical marriage. And that is something that we are not perfect with, but that we really strive towards every day. And like I said, there are definitely days where I'm like, you know what? I need a little bit of grace in this area. And I just don't want anybody to need anything from me. And I don't, I'm just kind of done. I just, I I, I need like a reset. I need a, and I know that, Michael, I know that you feel that way from time to time too. Like, I just need a reset. It's been a tough day. Yeah, anytime we do a Target pickup order or something (laughs) at Publix is missing from dinner, I'm always like, I'll go get it. (laughs) And then I feel a little bit guilty because it's like, okay, I was at work all day till almost five and then I jumped at the opportunity to go get something. But, you know, sometimes you just walk into the house and it's like, oh boy, it's a war zone in here. Like I mentioned before, that going above and beyond, being intentional, we we got into a place in our marriage where we just we let it go for so long and for my personality i had to almost kind of feel like i scheduled it in and i know that that sounds like well you didn't really mean anything behind it but the the issue was for me is that i didn't i didn't make a, a priority and it it wasn't I was like, I was prioritizing my kids. So they became routine, meaning their needs became routine. And that was the first thing to pop up into my head of what I needed to do. So I felt like what I needed to do, at least for a short time, was to like kind of schedule it in. Like, how can I prioritize my marriage today? How can I, um, you know, reach out to Michael and just check in with him? Because it also... It, it also feeded me, like feeded. Oh, goodness, talking is hard. It also... More like defeated. It also fed me. I love talking with Michael. We text each other constantly when we're not together. He is the only person in my life that I have never needed a break from. Is that the right way to say it? Needed? No, Ned. <laughs> Stop. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, talking is hard. Your brain is turning to mush. We record these kind of late too, so <laughs> this is sleepy brain. That's what happens when you have children. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. This is this is the the entire point we're trying to make. You're exhausted. <laughs> but what I what I mean is like I'm reaching out to him and and connecting with him, but at the same time, it's it's sparking this kind of like you know when you first start dating your your spouse, like before you get engaged and everything, like these little butterflies, like. I'm going to text him or I'm going to call him and, you know, find out what he's doing. And it just, it makes you smile. And... I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, okay, there you go. <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> it took a turn. <laughs> but it just, it fed both of us. Like, it it allowed me to be intentional and then to make that a habit. And then before I knew it, I didn't. I no longer needed to quote schedule it in like my mind automatically went there to, all right, I need to connect with Michael. It's been a little bit. 
I need to, you know, just encourage him, send him a Bible verse or make sure that he's okay. Or how's your day going? Just those little things, checking in with him to see how everything is going. So being intentional about that connection is so key. It, it really, it really did hinder our relationship when we weren't intentional with each other. And for Michael and I, I think we've mentioned this before for Michael and I, I think we, I think I mentioned this before a verse for our marriage that we have really clung to is, um, Genesis two twenty four, And it says when man and wife become one, and we take that very seriously. And it doesn't say when man and wife and kids, it says when man and wife become one. And so we try our best to hold that biblical integrity with that verse and, and make sure that we're prioritizing our marriage with that. And that, and that really is hard. It really is hard once you have kids because you just have distraction after distraction, you know, more things on your plate and, and more things that need to be done and more errands and take your kids here and there. And it is hard. That's why people say marriage is hard, but it's so sweet. I would, I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, that our marriage is as strong and as sweet as it's ever been. Oh yeah. And of course, none of this is to say that your kids should be, you know, neglected or whatever. That's clearly not what we're saying, but your kids deserve all the attention they require and they do require a lot to to raise them well, you have to constantly be paying attention to what they're doing and helping to shape them every second of every day. But especially when you have young kids, there's a time when they go to bed. I urge you guys, we urge you guys, don't just get on Facebook, your phone, whatever you might be doing, but use that time at night to connect with your spouse. So during the day, you have to be intentional, like little snippets, checking in, you know, a little hug, kiss, whatever, you know, let them know you're there. Let them know you're thinking about them. And then at nighttime, you got, you got nothing better you can do. Like that is the best thing you can possibly do with your evening is to connect with your spouse, movie, play a game, have a great conversation, coffee, wine. We've made an entire podcast about this. Yes. <laughs> How to date your spouse when you don't have any money. Yep. And this, you know, that's this whole thing is part of the benefit to us is every Sunday night, Elizabeth and I sit down and we just talk something important. We just happen to record it and put it onto the, <laughs> to the internet for, for your you guys. Benefit. <laughs> um, and again, we appreciate you guys for listening to it. But anyway, so it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Our kids are just the most amazing thing and our marriage is also the most amazing thing so just put put the effort into everything you do (laughs) (laughs) you can do it all (laughs) but really it you there is a there is a hierarchical um just of level of like what the things in your life like everything cannot be on the top tier it just can't it's not realistic and so for us, it's our relationship with the Lord, and then it's our marriage, and then it's our kids. And that means that every relationship will look different. And so I should be putting more effort 
and energy into my marriage than I do to my kids. That does, like Michael said, that does not mean that we neglect our kids at all. Uh, if you know us, you know that we do not neglect our kids. Period. And it could be it could be easy to take that as a very controversial statement, but that's how it's. Well, it's, the, yeah. like you said, you can't give your equal attention to every single yeah. thing. There's just not enough attention to go around. Right, and that's and that's like saying, okay, we we for Michael and I, and it, for years, we, our kids were going to bed very late, and <laughs> we had we had um, very little time together. So we decided we are not connecting at night. We're going to move up their bedtime. That is a simple way to connect with your spouse that you're not neglecting your kids. You're actually giving them more sleep (laughs) and you're allowing them to grow. But that's also at the same time prioritizing your marriage and prioritizing date night and saying, you know what? We're going to get a babysitter and we might go out for a coffee date because we need to prioritize that time. So we're not neglecting our kids, but we are making sure that our marriage does come first and prioritizing that relationship. Your challenge for the next seven days is to ask yourself, how can I prioritize my marriage today? And then act on it. Don't just ask the question and then do nothing. (laughs) That's literally pointless. And that wouldn't be a very good challenge. But we want you guys to actually follow through. So how can I prioritize my marriage marriage today? Every every day for seven days. Every day for seven days. Act on it for seven days straight. Seven times every hour for seven (laughs) days. No, that's that's too much. Your wife will love you though. <laughs> Lots. Um, but probably just do it once on average. <laughs> um, and just see how it goes for you. Spoiler alert, it's gonna go pretty well. <laughs> so we thank you guys. Yes. You got something? No, I was okay. gonna thank them for listening. Oh, I wanna do it. I wanna do the send off. Do it, do it. Uh As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll leave links in the show notes. Go to the show notes. Elizabeth spends a lot of time (laughs) putting those together. She's only about six weeks behind, maybe 10, but she's working hard. That's what happens when you have three children. (laughs) I do my best. And of course, we love subscriptions. So if this is the first time you've heard us, subscribe to our show on the app that you're using. Uh, we come up with a new thing every single week. So we love having feedback. And if you guys reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook or through email, we love that stuff. Yes. We were, we're trying to collect some questions. I really want to do a Q&A yes. show. Yes, and we yes, have yes. zero questions. <laughs> with lots of answers. Hopefully by the time this airs, we have more than zero questions. But we really, we like Miles said, we, we want to do a Q&A and we need you to do that. So we would really love it if you would send us a question. Don't think, oh, this might be a stupid question. Don't, because if you're thinking it, if you're wondering about it, I guarantee you 100% that somebody else is thinking the same thing. So please ask us, like Michael said, please subscribe. Also, we would really love it if you would leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. You also might hear your review on a future episode. Who doesn't want that? Come on, guys. We all love shout outs. (laughs) You can do it. (laughs) You're amazing. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to you guys next week. See ya.